If you would, open your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And for the last few weeks, we have been looking at this passage that is a passage where uh, Jesus' disciples ask Him to teach them to pray. To teach them to pray as He prays. And we have been coming with the same question. Lord, would you teach us to pray? Could we learn from you how to, uh, how to pray? How would you have us to pray? And so today, the question that we come to the Lord and we ask is, Lord, would you teach us to pray persistently? Persistently. As we think about this, let me ask you a question. What is the longest amount of time that you've prayed for something? Have you had something in, in your life that, that you prayed for many, many years that God would move in a specific way, that, that something, uh, something would happen? Uh, maybe, maybe it was a need, maybe it was a health concern, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was the, the salvation of, uh, of an individual. Have you had those things in your life, those long seasons, long suffering type prayers that, that go on for uh, not just days, but months, years, sometimes decades? Have you, have you experienced that? Have you done that? Perhaps right now you find yourself in such a season, there's a, a specific thing that you continue to pray for the Lord to work, for Him to, to do in your life and in the life of another person, something that you need, a, 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 a need that you need met. Perhaps you've gone through one of those seasons. Perhaps you're about to enter into one of those seasons. Today, our text is going to remind us about the importance of persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. Uh, to illustrate this, I want to share a story with you. A story about a, uh, a woman who prayed for a long, long time, very diligently for her son. This woman prayed every day for her son she prayed every day that God would save her son. From early on, he was pretty cantankerous. By the time he was 16, he decided that he wanted to run away from his mother. He wanted to run away from her insistence that he would trust Jesus as his Savior and follow him. And so at 16, he, he ran away. He writes later saying, leaving, leaving his, uh, his mother alone to her tears and prayers. Over the years, the mother would track him down, only to see that very quickly he would run further away from her, run further away from her, um, uh, telling him that he needed to trust in Jesus as his Savior. It's recorded this woman went to her pastor. She was overwhelmed with the lostness and the wandering and the sinfulness of her son. And her pastor said, perhaps you need to speak less to him and speak more to God about him. And so this even furthered her prayers. At one point, it's recorded that his mother's health begins to fail and she begins to pray that she would be healed only because she wanted to see her son become a Christian. After 32 years of praying diligently for her son to understand and respond to the gospel, it's recorded that, that he overhears a child singing words. The words were, pick it up and read. Pick it up and read. 
At first, he thought it was, it was a, a, just a game that, that the child was playing, but he says that he realizes that he didn't know, he, he didn't call to remembrance that tune. And he had a feeling that this song must be a command from God to read the Bible. And so he opened up the Scriptures, and he began to read the first passage that he opened to. It was from the letter of Paul in Romans. It says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not carousing and drunkenness and sexual immorality and debauchery. Let not dissension, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with, with the Lord Christ Jesus and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. From Romans chapter 13, he writes that upon reading this scripture, he felt as if his heart was flooded with life. He completely turned his life, away, life around. After years and years of prayer, 32 years of prayer from his mother, he experienced this incredible miracle of God. The woman's name is Monica. Probably don't know that name. Her son's name is Augustine. Augustine was one of the uh, greatest minds of the early church. In fact, 1,700 years later today, he has an exceptional impact on what we know about Jesus and how we worship and how we understand the very nature of salvation. For 32 years, 32 years, his mother agonized and prayed diligently. What an example of being persistent in prayer. What an example. In our text today, Jesus is going to give us an example of how to be persistent in prayer. He's going to give us a parable here, and he's going to explain a promise to us about the importance of persistence in prayer. If you have your copy of God's Word, please look with me. We're in Romans, or Romans, I'm still in Romans. We're in Luke, Luke chapter 11, and we'll begin in verse 5. Luke chapter 11, verse 5, and this is God's word. And he said to them, that is Jesus, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived today on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is shut. My children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and he will give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Would you pray with me today? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for giving us your word, that we may have truth, that we may have guidance, that we may have a measure by which to live by. 
Today, Lord, I ask that as we look to your word, as we seek to apply your word to our life and our world, that you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would show each one of us its importance. Father, I pray that today you would encourage us to be a people of trust, a people of dependence, a people of prayer, of persistent prayer. I know, Lord, that within this room there are many needs, there are many desires, there are many troubled souls, many horrible situations, many things that need prayer. Father, today we ask for Your Spirit to speak to us, that You may encourage us to come to You in prayer. Help us now to see Jesus high and lifted up to seek to be followers of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you remember, this text begins in chapter 11. Uh, Jesus is praying and His disciples come. One of the disciples asks Him if, they would, if He would teach them to pray. And the first message that we looked at was this, was the, fact, the very fact that Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus often would go out alone. He was often, they were looking for him. Where's Jesus? The disciples, the crowds come. It says the disciples go off looking for him because they don't know where he is because he got away to go and pray. The life of Jesus is a life of prayer. It's an example to us. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more should we in our lives need to pray? Then we looked at how Jesus begins to teach His disciples to pray. Here in Luke chapter 11, He goes through the Lord's Prayer. It's a, it's a shorter, uh, it's a shorter passage than we're used to in the Matthew account. But it's not so much the Lord's Prayer as much as it is a model prayer that we looked at last week. And so we looked at elements last week that should be included in our prayer that Jesus describes. And Jesus isn't done teaching about prayer. As the disciples ask, would you teach us about prayer? There's another lesson that he teaches. Not only does he say, this is how you should pray. Pray like this. Pray these things and gives attributes in which you can look as a model for prayer. But Jesus goes further and gives them a lesson here about prayer. A very important lesson. A lesson about the importance of persistence in prayer. And for anybody who has begun to pray for any amount of time, there is a a, a quandary that happens with prayer. God doesn't always answer it right away. That's just the fact of it. If you've ever felt, Lord, where are you? You didn't answer my prayer. Realize this. It's part of the nature of prayer. God desires for us to be persistent in prayer. This is the lesson that Jesus is giving to his disciples. This is the lesson that he's giving to us today. First thing that I want you to see is that Jesus encourages persistent prayers here, and he uses a parable. They don't call it a parable, and it seems kind of more like a story, but it fits the mold of a parable because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worldly story with a spiritual application here. And so Jesus, being the master teacher that he is, how he often does, he, he puts things into context in their world and their day as they would have understood a, a normal thing that might have happened that you could imagine yourself being the person, but in it is a spiritual application. And so Jesus, Jesus sets this up. He, he sets up this story that would have been a common thing in first century Palestine. Remember, 
There's no, uh, the, 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 the letter system is very unreliable and very inexpensive, so you don't just send letters to your friends saying, hey, in a few days, I'm going to come visit, be ready. You show up. We all love that, right? The guests that just, they're here, right? Um, I'm not from the South. I married a Southerner, and, and so I've learned there's, there's some cultural difference. You, you show up to a Midwesterner's house, and they're like, okay, come on, sit down, and we'll chat. You show up to a southerner's house and they're, they're, they're making coffee. They've got pie in the oven. They're like, it's, it's for real. And so in this world, in this day, it, it wouldn't be uncommon if you had to travel that you would go and you would knock on the door of a friend's house in a town far away where you're visiting, where you're passing through. And they wouldn't expect you. They wouldn't expect that you'd be coming. It was, it could have been in the middle of the night because often, um, Right, we, we live in Florida. We understand what the heat is like, right? If you had to walk somewhere, would you rather walk in the heat or in the cool? And so the story that Jesus lays out here, we could put ourselves in, imagine that, that you're this man and your friend has come and it's the middle of the night and you didn't expect him. And all of your supplies for that day are gone kind of interesting Jesus just talked about in his model prayer give us this day our bread I think maybe there's a a little play on words as you go through but all of his bread's gone he has nothing with which to provide for his guest and and for this day in this culture that's a that's a big deal this friend is obviously very moved. He wants to be able to provide bread for his guest. He wants to be able to to give him what he needs as he's come and he's come into his home and so what he does is he goes to the neighbor's house. It says that, that he had nothing. And so this emergency comes and, and he goes to his neighbor's house and he begins to knock on the door. And it's late. And if it's uh, the typical Palestinian home from this, from this time that, that archaeologists have, have, uh, have uncovered quite a few of them, you have to imagine it's a, it's a big square house. And it has two levels. The ground level is where the cooking would be, and the, they would maybe keep some animals in there, right? Like, you think it's gross. We keep lots of animals in our house, just not cows. Um, second level would be elevated, and it'd be a big uh, open platform. And pretty much all the members of the family would make a pallet on that second platform and they would all be there and they would all be laying down and they would all be asleep. And um, you can almost imagine if you ever go, if you've ever been camping with your family in a tent and everybody gets in the tent and lays every which way on top of each other and it's just this big of people. <laughs> and so the, the picture that Jesus paints here is that the man whose friends have come and he has nothing to provide for them he has this emergency he goes and he knocks on the door and Jesus gives insight to what the man inside is thinking he's laying in his bed and he's thinking would he just go away if I get up I'm going to wake everybody up it's going to be a problem just go away He just keeps going. He just keeps going. And this is the story that that, that Jesus sets for this principle. He says that the man gets up, not because he's good friends with the guy, but because he knows 
If he doesn't get up, he's not going away. He's not going away. And so Jesus uses this this great story, this great parable then, and and it shows us us a, a couple of things. The first thing is that this parable presents God by contrast. This parable isn't meant to show that God really doesn't care about you, but if you just pray enough, he'll say, forget it, just take it. That's not, that's not the point that Jesus is trying to make. What, the, the point that you can take from this is a contrast. Jesus is saying this, this friend got up and gave him the bread because he wouldn't go away. How much more than the God who loves you, the God who has provided salvation for you, the God who wants you to come to Him, the God who has saved you, the God who has sent Jesus to come and to pay your price with His blood, taking your place on the cross, giving you His righteousness, a God that loves you so much, wants you to come to Him. He's not, he's not saying you won't go away. He's saying, I want to give you these things. Jesus is going to go on next week as we look at it and talk just about this even more to show this contrast. God's not selfish and disinterested. God loves us. We realize this when we think about this. If a friend, here's Jesus' point, if a friend would get up out of bed, step over his children, come down and give you some loaves of bread because you won't go away, how much more should we be persistent in asking God for the things that we need? That's the encouragement. That's the encouragement that the one who loves us, the one who saved us, the one who desires for us to come boldly before His throne, how much more should we be persistent in prayer? There's another thing that we can look at from this this parable that Jesus says, and it it shows us the very nature of what persistent praying looks like. It is standing boldly, standing boldly before God and asking for something. He uses this word, and it's a funny word. uh, All of your translations are probably going to use the word different because, honestly, there's just not a word in our English language that equals kind of the idea of what this was in the Greek language. In the ESV that I read from, it says impudence because of his impudence. Um, The NIV translates it persistence, but the root idea of this word is shamelessness. This man is standing in the middle of the night, pounding on his neighbor's door, knowing that they're asleep, knowing that he's going to wake them up, wake the kids up, wake everybody up. And, and he's doing it because he is so overwhelmed, I have to get bread. Friends, until we have that kind of desire in our prayers, we're not going to be persistent. Think about those things in your life that you have been persistent for. They were great needs. Maybe for yourself, maybe for another. Maybe you, like Monica, felt overwhelmed about the salvation of a child or a friend or a co-worker or a neighbor. 
And on and on and on again, it moved you because of the passion that you had inside. That you, were, you, you weren't shameful to come before God and say, I know I've asked for this before, but I, I need this. This needs to happen, God. You can do this. Would you do this, please? When we persistently pray over and over, moved by things that, that we need, that we need God to do, that we recognize who He is. Again, we're acknowledging all the attributes that we looked at last week in, in the model prayer that Jesus comes, Jesus comes, that Jesus says, but we're persistent. It is a boldness because we have a sense that we need that we need the Spirit of God, that we can't be denied, that we need this. Friends, I don't know what it is in your life right now. I don't know if it's something for you, if it's a health concern, if it's a financial need, if it's a, a spiritual concern, if it's somebody for some, a prayer for someone else, something that, that someone else needs, what their situation is. Maybe I, I hope that we're praying persistently for the salvation of others, that they would come and know Jesus, that people that we have in our life that we're close to, that we love, that we see their lostness and their brokenness, and we continue to knock before Jesus saying, please save them. Yeah. Whatever it is, don't give up. That's what Jesus is encouraging you with today. Continue to pray. Knock on the door. Don't give up. Just because God didn't answer you quickly doesn't mean He's not listening. Just because God didn't answer you quickly doesn't mean that He's not going to do it. Just because God didn't answer you quickly doesn't mean that He doesn't care. Keep knocking. Be persistent. Keep praying. Jesus encourages persistent prayer with this parable. He also gives us a promise. It's the second thing I want you to see in this text is that he encourages us for persistent prayers with a promise. This promise is, is one that we know it's, it's a great encouragement to us. This is a, a, a text, a, a Bible verse maybe that you have memorized. It's something that we're not unfamiliar with. But I want us to think about it in this context of persistence along this story that Jesus gives to highlight this. First, we see the condition here. It says, and, and I tell you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. you know, Jesus goes even more clear than just with the story. And he tells his disciples... Your life, your prayer life. If you want to pray, this is really interesting too. What, what prompted all this? The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray like you. Even Jesus' prayers by application here means that they were persistent. Do you get that? So Jesus says the, the way that you should pray, what it should be marked by, the, the character of this is that you should ask, you should seek, you should knock. If the answer doesn't come at once, keep praying. If you don't find what you're looking for right away, keep looking. If the door doesn't open right away, keep knocking. The, 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 the way that this is written in the Greek 
doesn't mean a past tense. It's a present tense. Keep going on and on and on. The Amplified Bible uh, says it like this. They captured this essence of it really good. The way they translate this is ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. These, uh, think about the, the progression of the very words here. This, this idea that Jesus says that we should ask and seek and knock. You know, asking is, is kind of the, the easiest level of this, right? Asking is, is, is going before someone that, that, that can do, that's in a, a higher authority position, that has, uh, has the, the ability of what you're needing, and you ask. There's not a whole lot of effort going in, right? We're, we're just asking. Jesus says that even more than that, he, he paints the picture even, even more. And the idea is to seek. And so now we're not only asking, but there is an, there's an action involved. We're seeking. We're, we're looking. We're, we're coming to God and, and, and we're saying, show me this. Sometimes God wants us to be persistent in prayers because as we're seeking, God opens our eyes to things that we wouldn't have seen or known or done if he hadn't. This is ask, seek. And then the third idea here is the knock. And again, this fits with the, the story that he's just told. The knocking is, is to stand before the door and to knock and, and to be insistent. God, I need this. I need this. Can you please do this? Show me, help me, give me. Friends, I think so often we, we have prayers that, prayer lives that we think, what's the bother? Because we've given up way before we've really started. We ask one time, in a very general sense, God, help me in this thing. Oh, he didn't do it, he must not care. Where what Jesus is saying, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep going. No wonder so many of our prayers we think go unanswered. Do they reflect this? Do they look like this? Could you imagine what your life would look like if we were persistent in our prayers what a challenge for us, right? And again, I told you at the very beginning of this three weeks ago, these sermons are, are they're, they're for me, and you're just getting the benefit of hearing them too. Ask, seek, and knock. We like to go to the promise here. We like to jump ahead. Jesus, Jesus is going to give a, a certainty of this promise. He's, he's going to say, I tell you, if you ask, it will be given. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it'll be. We like that part, right? But we forget that there's a process involved. It's not that we asked once, we seeked once, and we knocked once. The picture and the idea is if we're going to get to where God is going to answer our prayers, we need to be persistent in praying. We need to continue to pray for these things. That's the, the, the next thing that I want you to see is that there is a certainty in the promise that Jesus gives. And I don't want to take away from this because it's, it's easy to take away from this. It's easy to say, it, it, it's, easy to, it's easy to look at this passage in two ways. 
In one way, we turn this into some kind of a mechanical uh, granting that, that, God, if I do this, then you must do this for me. And there's some people that promote that kind of theology, that if I speak it to be, then it has to be. I'm sorry, but you're setting yourself up for a big disappointment. It's not what the Bible teaches. And you're just setting yourself up for a big disappointment. God is not obligated to give us or do for us anything. It is by His grace and His love and His kindness and His mercy that that breath that's in your lungs right now is there. Jesus already talked about that in His model prayer, in the position of humility and reverence that we come before God and that we pray for Him. And so I don't think in any way whatsoever that Jesus says, if you ask, it it shall be given, if you, you will find. you. I don't think that those promises have to do with this concept and this idea that we hear today that you can somehow uh, pray your way in a certain way and use a, a certain word and, and, and in a certain way God must do what you asked for. I don't think that's at all what's in mind here. I think the picture that's in mind here is that the more persistent we are in prayer, the more moved we are in prayer, the more shamelessness we stand at that door and we knock. Friends, God might not answer that prayer the way you thought, but I can promise you, you're going to see that God's working. That's the kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about here. That's the kind of prayer that he's talking about here. He's not saying that you're somehow going to manipulate God into the very thing that you want. Oh, I thank God he didn't answer all of my prayers. But I know that he answers my prayers. He gives this. The certainty of this promise here. He says, and I tell you, if you ask, it will be given. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be opened to you. This is a boldness. And I want to tell you, we can confirm this boldness in a sense of humility. I don't, I don't want to preach this passage and look at this passage and say, Jesus says, I tell you, if you ask, it will be opened. And, say, and, and put this big caveat and say, eh, kind of. No, I think he will answer our prayers. The issue is he might not answer the prayer the way that you think he should have. Do you get that? Right? We all know Jesus sometimes, God, when we, when we pray to him, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says, wait. How do you know what he's saying if you give up on prayer after two or three times? Jesus says we need to be persistent. The one who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What Jesus is doing here is He is encouraging us. He's encouraging us to be in this kind of persistence in prayer. To to stand before that door and to knock and know that as long as I knock, as long as I stay here, as long as I keep bringing this to God, He is going to answer it. He hears me and He loves me and He will answer it. Friends, don't give up on your prayers way too early. Be persistent. You know, we've got to remember that uh, just, because, just because we persist in praying doesn't mean that God is going to answer it the way that we expect. No is an answer the same as yes is an answer, right? 
right? Uh, No wise parent says yes to every request of their children. As much as my children would wish that I would say yes to everything that they said. There is this movement right now in America. I I listened to a podcast about a lady that said she said yes to her child every day for 30 days. And some of those things were just like, really? No wise parent says yes to everything that their child says. Because they're there to be the parent, They're there to know, and they're there to understand, and they're there to help guide them. The same way a wise parent might know that a child is asking for something that is good, but they're not ready for. And we would say, wait. And there's those occasions in which we ask for things, and God seems to have already been putting everything in place before we even realize the need. Don't you love it when that one happens? When, when you start to pray, and it, maybe it's a grand, maybe it's something big that you need God to do, and you look and you go, well, that was just, that was just too easy. Because <laughs> He knows you and He loves you. And He's been doing these things well before you even begin to realize the need. All of those circumstances, friends, should encourage us to pray, to pray persistently. What Jesus is telling us here, what He wants us to realize is that we can be certain that if we persist in prayer, God is going to respond. He will respond. If we come humbly, if we pray, Your will, God, if we come uh, reverent and say, Hallowed be Thy name, if, if we come dependent And say, I need you in this situation. And we are persistent and we continue to do those things. I promise you, you will see God moving and working in your life. It might not be the way that you expected. But if you seek Him in prayer, you'll see Him move. You will see Him work. So there's a There's a big question when we deal with persistence in prayer, and that is, God, why don't you give me everything I want when I want it, right? Why does it take so long? Why, God, did Monica have to wait 32 years for something that was good? Why did I have to wait for so long for something that was good? Why is it, Lord, that I'm praying for the salvation of a, of a friend, of a child, of a co-worker, of a neighbor? Of somebody that's very dear to me. And that's a good thing. And why is it taking so long? I think there's an overarching rule that we have to remember in this. And that is, God, sometimes by encouraging us to be persistent in prayer, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're learning about that thing and about us and about God as we're asking for it. And if you're like me, there's been seasons in your life that you've prayed for something diligently only to realize, you know what, I really don't need that thing. That, that burden that I thought was such a burden, it doesn't really bother me. 
Maybe it's something just the opposite. And instead of, um, instead of realizing as you begin to pray persistently for this thing that it's, it's not as important to you or as needed as you thought it was or to that individual, maybe just the opposite happens. As you begin to pray for that thing or that person, all the much more you become burdened about the importance that it is. And it might lead you to action. Maybe, just maybe, the person you've been praying for, that they would come to know Jesus and place their faith in them, God is allowing you and putting the burden on your heart to pray for them every day because he's going to give you the opportunity to share the gospel. And if you would have given up on that, it would have been far from your mind. God shapes us and tests us, and we learn about him and we learn about ourselves as we're persistent in prayer. Let me tell you another wonderful thing about being persistent in prayer. Um, I'm trying to think of an illustration on the fly here. This could be good or bad, okay? All right, we all know the... Uh, we, we, all, we all have seen the horror stories and the, the, the things that happen when people either uh, inherit money that they don't know about or win the lottery, right? And you get all this money and they, and they go and they blow it. Versus the individual that works hard and earns and saves it and provides for their family later. You, you appreciate things differently, right? That's, that's the, the point I'm trying to get to. I don't know if I made it or not. But you appreciate things differently. Friends, what's that thing in your life that you... To, to use an old word that they talked about prayer, that you long suffered in prayer over. Over months, maybe years, maybe decades, you knocked on that door. God, please. God, I need you. God, help me. And you see God answer. Oh, that's that's a joy that you can't explain, isn't it? The value that that adds, the wonder that that adds. The, just to go back to how we opened, Augustine, as he talked about his mother in his book that we have, The Confessions, and his deep, dear love that he had for this woman that he was so mean and so awful to, and her years of prayers and pursuit and love for him that he would come and trust in Jesus. Oh, it meant something all the much greater Friends, those things that God is putting in your life that He's having you pray through, pray out, pray about, they could be some of the most amazing things. You can't imagine what God is going to do through your prayers. Keep praying. Keep praying. This is an incredible text, isn't it? When we stop and we think about it, we are uh, so often so short-sighted when it comes to prayer. I want to challenge you as we close. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to make a, make a challenge here, isn't it? What is that thing that God has placed on your heart? Who are those individuals that God has placed in your life that you need to pray for? That perhaps you have been praying for intermittently, but you realize the importance and the need, and you've got to stand at that door, and you've got to knock because that door has got to open. 
Would we be renewed today after hearing this text, after looking to this text of our need for persistence in prayer? And maybe right now you say, you know what? God is gracious to me. Things have been good. I've gone through those seasons. I'm not in one. Find someone that you can start knocking with. Find somebody that you can join with that has a a great need. And begin to pray diligently and fervently and persistently. Ask. Seek. Knock. What is it that the Holy Spirit is putting on you that you need to do that for? Friends, maybe today, just looking at this, thinking about this, you've decided that, you know, I have not been real with my relationship with Jesus. I need to follow Him. I need my eyes open to the gospel. I want to trust. I want to follow Him. We're going to have a song of invitation in a moment. I want to invite you, if there's a decision that you need to make for Christ, maybe it's a decision to to follow Him. Maybe you just have questions that you would like to come and ask me. Maybe you would like to come for prayer. Maybe you just want to come up here and pray, whatever it might be. I want you to respond to God. Even if you don't come forward, I want you, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's placing in your heart, you need to pray for this. Would you, a moment before you start singing, you don't even have to sing, it's okay. Would you respond to the Lord? Would you respond to His Word? Would you say, Father, I'm going to pray for this thing. I need this to happen. Pray with me. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that You are not annoyed with us. You're not frustrated with us. But yet You encourage us to come to You. Lord, it exposes my own impatience and my own narrow-sightedness for those that come to me continually and frustrate me. But Father, we, we pray, Lord, that You, You, Father, would help us to pray through the encouragement of Your Word, through the the motivation of Your Spirit. Help us, Father, to spend quality time in prayer with You. There is so much that we need. We live in this world that's tainted by sin all along us, and we see this brokenness. We have so many needs, and we want to know you more. We want to fellowship with you more. We want to be with you more. And there are some things that we just need, Father. Lord, we pray that you would give us a burden and a passion to be a people of prayer, to be a people of prayer for the things that we need you to do in our lives, but, but also to intercede for others and to, to pray for them. And Father, to, to pray for the salvation of others. Would you place on all of us a burden for individuals that we know that they might come to you? May we be willing, Father, day after day, year after year, to be a people of persistent prayer. It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen.